What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, this is Dan Ray. How's your week going, Dan? You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting, up and down. Um, uh, not a lot of music happening. I do have a great gig on Friday. I'm really looking forward to, and uh, I want to just uh, put a pin in that and come back to it later in the episode. Okay. Um, and then, you know, look, so I haven't made a thing about this among my friends and family yet, but uh, sometimes non-music stuff has an impact on your life. Um, the company that I am that I have worked for for the last eight years just shed half of its U.S. Uh, workforce. And I was in the part that got shed. So, uh, oh wow, it's an exciting change in my life. Um, You know, I have enough experience and seniority in my field that sort of once I put myself out there, someone will snatch me up. I'm not worried, but uh, uh, it was a surprise Monday Monday morning to have that uh, be what I walked into. So, wow, yeah, yeah, kind of all over the place week. It's been um, I've I've binged some good Netflix in the last couple of days. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Now noted. We have been talking offline up to this point, and this is the first time I'm hearing about it That's as right. well. So. Yeah, no, I didn't. You know, nobody you hadn't asked me yet how my week was. That's <laughs> well, hilarious. Hard, hard not to mention that one in how my week no, is. <laughs> you know what? Just save it for the save it for the podcast. That's uh, man, you are you are cold blooded. <laughs> well, because uh, now now I'm emotionally invested in this in this uh, current okay, situation. Well, I'm I'm doing yeah, what I can. No, it's it's all good. It'll work itself out. It's not a problem. You know, I, the, and part of the thing is I've I've seen, and I think probably. A lot of folks who do what we do um, feel this way about their day gigs. You know, for for the last several months, maybe years, uh, my day job has been the whole point of it has been to fund my music. Sure, um, and I wouldn't say there's been a ton of heart or passion or desire in it. And um, you know, I spend eight hours a day doing that. I don't. I yeah, don't, maybe it's time to think about some other way to spend that time. No, so. I mean that. You know, I, I think. Everybody who, yeah, like you were saying, who does what we do would kind of, you know, there's that part of it where you're like, oh, I'm completely devastated that this has happened, slash, man, I've got so much more time to dedicate to this thing that I really, really like to do. Well, exactly. And, you know, I mean, who was there for me in the back of my mind was our buddy Sam Swanson, who yeah, Sammy you know, took, a, took a major life change and parlayed it into, you know, having his music career be what he dreamed it could be. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sort of in an I don't know if it's literally been two days um, since it happened and I'm, I'm still kind of allowing myself to have some shock about it. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. I okay. don't know. I'm, I'm committed that it's going to be a good thing in a year. I'll look back and say, I'm glad that happened. Um, I'm, you know, so that's kind of where I'm at on that. I'll, uh, <laughs> if anyone's interested, I'll keep you posted. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if you have, if you've been listening now, you're totally invested. I don't know. You might be. You don't have to be. <laughs> but if anybody knows of a you know software development manager job in the central North Carolina area, hit me up. Yeah, it's actually it's funny you mentioned that. I I do have a friend that's moving to Greensboro um, from my job. Cool. Um, working coming up that way. So nice. Um, I don't know what she's doing up that way, but you know, you never know how these things yeah. work out. Yeah. Send her send her my info on Facebook. Cool beans. Well. Um, I still am working where I normally work, but um, <laughs> I have stopped eating meat mostly. How about that? Wow. That's, um, that was on directive of my doctor because uh-huh. um, my LDL is too high. So he was like, hey, eat salad when you would normally eat meat. <sighs> and um, you know what? I was, it was bum, I was bummed to hear about it, but like I've been doing it. And full disclosure, 
Um, in the three weeks I've done it, I've lost 10 pounds That's and good. I'm not, I don't go hungry ever. That's good. So, you know, so it's a bit of an adjustment, but it's not as hard as it is. And it's, it's not like I don't eat meat. I'm not like, I'm strictly vegetarian. Like I had this crazy lamb sausage wrap thing yesterday at this new restaurant in town Sweet. and it was fantastic. Um, so I'm not swearing it off altogether. I'm just, you know, if there's a vegetarian option and I want it, I'll eat it. That's good. So, yeah. Um, Want to do a quick gig recap over the last week or so? Sure. I have not played over the last week or so. Fantastic. Well, then it's my turn. Yeah. So um, this past Saturday, we were invited to do, it was kind of a weird situation. Now, this was a gig master's gig. Um, and I know that most people are, you know, not really vibing on on gig masters, but this was a full price, full production gig wow. that we got via gig masters. That's and production was top notch, and the um, the event was interesting, and they they paid for local uh, radio spots. You know the the morning rock jock from um, from our town came and introduced us and hung out, and I I'd, you know I'd met him before doing some other events and stuff, but it was I mean they they put their weight behind this event, and it was pretty fun. Cool. Um, one of the things that you know it, it was kind of weird because it was at a marina. So, but it wasn't like a situation where you're like, you're playing at a lake resort or something like that. It was literally the stage was pointing at the water. So if you wanted to watch our show, you had to be on a boat. Um, and so we played, you know, to, I, I don't know how many people, it was like 40, 50 boats. Um, and it was kind of like performing in a bit of a vacuum because you're like, Hey, how's it going out there? And like, you'd hear like a woo from like 300 (laughs) yards away, which I guess is good. Everybody having a good time. Um, but it was, it, it was super interesting because, you know, it was this huge line array with like full production. But when we got there, we rolled up with our splitter snake and all of that stuff. And the, you know, the, the guy who ran the rig looked at what we had and looked at what he had. And he was like, I'll just plug, you can just plug into my, like, we'll just plug the main outputs into that and that'll be it. Yeah. I was like, for real? He's like, yeah. So, you know, we, it was basically like a normal gig. Like we didn't even sound check. Like we, we ran through four or five songs, you know, but I, I adjusted nothing. Um, except it was running through like, I don't know, 40,000 Watts instead of four. Um, our front of house guy was through the roof. He was so stoked. Um, was he, and he he, working the, the sliders for the front of house? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something we typically, we, we let people know about ahead of time. You know, we, he's been with us so long now and he knows our, our, our set so well Mm -hmm. that, you know, and most people, if they, if you tell them what you're walking in with and, and that you've got a front of the house guy, they're like, perfect. Um, he was actually kind of bummed. He was like, can I help? Um, (laughs) cause I gotta be here and I'm already making, you know, what I'm making for the, for my day rate. So, you know, he helped set up mics for the drums. Like he was like, he was eager to, you know, to set up and do something. So, um, and he was, he, he helped set up some, uh, some DCAs and, and show our guy how he runs everything through, you know, the sub ox. And actually we are reconfiguring our front of house setup, um, based on what he suggested. So it was, it was valuable for us and also valuable for our front of house guy. Cause he learned a few tricks, um, from a guy who, you know, knows a bit more than he does and has a bigger rig. Cool. We also found out that the rate that he charges for the size of that rig is like nothing. Really? And we will more than likely be hiring him for bigger events because it's 
it would be crazy not to. That's great. So it, it was it was super valuable, even if it was kind of a weird gig and we were playing to a couple of people. The other weird thing that happened was um, we always end with "Don't Stop Believing." Mm-hmm. It's you know that's our that's our our signature deal. And um, halfway into the second verse, we blew the generator. Ooh, and not like it shorted out or whatever, like we fried it. Oh. It was destroyed. Um, and people wanted to hear, and there was like, there was literally nothing we could do. Yeah. Um, but because there were a bunch of boats, like next thing I know, I hear don't stop believing on like 20 different like <laughs> boat PA systems blaring back at us. Nice. It was, it was fun. And it was, uh, you know, it was like a 20 minute loadout. We were home before 11. It was, beautiful. it was pretty, pretty beautiful. That's great. Happy about that. Yeah. Was it hot? Um, no, that was the other weird thing about this. So we were on the lake, so we were getting a nice breeze. You know how it is in the south in the summer where, you know, rainstorms kind of blow through and it's you're kind of, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of, of Mother Nature. And, and yeah. you know, we were looking at the, the, the radar all night long and we kept seeing stuff would come in and would kind of blow around the lake. So it never really came. But what happened was is that, the storm kind of blew through all around us and it lowered the temperature about 20 degrees, That's great. but it never rained. <laughs> so it went from being 96 to 76 with like a 70 mile per hour, like a 70 degree breeze coming off the lake all night. Cool. So it was, you know, a July 7th gig in, you know, North of Atlanta. And it was like 70 degrees with like a heavy breeze. It was beautiful. Nice. I mean, it couldn't have been any nicer. Um, and you know, speaking of which, you know, we've got a road gig this weekend up uh, north of Knoxville, and <laughs> the projected temperature for our start time is ninety-three degrees right. uh, with no breeze. Right. So, you know, you take the good, you take the bad. You take them both, and there you have the facts of life. There you have it. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Mm. Uh, and we're excited about this this upcoming gig. This is one that we've done before. Um, and, you know, people come out like we actually have fans in this place, which is hilarious because we never, we only go there, you know, maybe once a year. Um, and they're like, when are you coming back? It's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they treat us really well. And it's, you know, it's the full deal with hotel rooms and full hospitality. And, you know, they roll the red carpet out and they'll be, you know, if it's like every other year, it'll be two to 3,000 people and they're there to see us, not to see a band, but to see us, which is super cool. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So, um, very excited about that coming up. And as, I don't know if you can hear, but I'm still kind of snotty. Um, I ran through my antibiotics and then started feeling worse. Uh, So, you know, it'll be a, it'll be an interesting challenge. Sure. For sure. So, you know, we're talking about getting our, um, our front of house rig dialed in and how, you know, we've got our in-ears kind of, set up and you know we don't even have to sound check anymore how is the transition from wedges to in-ears going for you um uh yeah good so we've done three shows with them now and mm-hmm. um um i wouldn't say any of them were flawless um yeah let's see in the first one we had um it was pretty good, actually. The first one, the first one was was not bad. And, and as, as you, those of you who listened to the episode where I talked about how I'm setting them up, um, it's just the two of us in the front. The two front guys are um, are wearing them. The back, uh, the back line has a like a 15 inch Mackie monitor 
that belongs to the drummer and he and the bassist sort of work off of that. And then the front of house sits out front and we hear plenty of bass coming out the back of that, but, um, mm-hmm. but, but not much else. Um, and I will say that the, so the two things that I've really been having to come to grips with, um, the first is the sense of isolation, which is really tough. You know, I popped him out at a, at a show, um, a couple weeks ago, um, at one point when I was out in the front out, you know, in the audience with the wireless mic doing, um, uh, something don't remember what, and it was amazing The the hearing the room around me was suddenly, it was, it seemed so much fuller and so much more alive and, uh, than, than what had been in my ears, which seemed really sterile. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I couldn't decide how I wanted it for the rest of the night. <laughs> I ended up with them back in, but, um, <laughs> something something about hearing the liveness of the space was really um, nice. Now the clarity, obviously, in the in the ears is a whole other ballgame. So yeah. that, I guess that's kind of the trade off. Um, the other benefit, and I think you mentioned this when I first was talking about it, is when people come up to say things to you while you're in the middle of playing and singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just point at your earplug and shrug, and they're like, "Oh, I get it," and they go away. So that's good too. Um, the, the second thing that's taken some real getting used to, you know, I run our front of sound, our front of house sound um, from an iPad and trusting that it sounds good in the front of house when I'm listening to a different mix. I, I mean, I knew that would be my challenge and it is, it really is. Um, yeah. And a couple of times during the night, I'll step out front and pull them and, and listen to what's really happening out there. And I'll, I'll notice you know, one of the guitars is way low in the mix and needs to be pulled up. And it's the kind of thing I would have noticed 20 minutes earlier, except I was listening to a different mix. Um, so there is something about, um, maybe doing a more complete sound check. Uh, although we're pretty dialed in. I mean, it's kind of like what you were saying, you know, when we roll up with our, our equipment, our, our mix is already stored in the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that, that are surprises really are surprises. I, didn't, yeah. you know, I had no idea that was what it sounded like in the front. Um, so I'm thinking maybe a practice of stepping out front and, and checking in a little more frequently would probably be good. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of tunes that I just do guitar on and I'm wireless so I could, I could step out, you know, in the front and, and listen to them. Um, so it's going okay and I'm glad we're doing it. I'm, I'm, it, it really has made a difference in our vocal performance. For um, sure, without any question, that we've we've improved dramatically there, and and the harmonies that we've always done are suddenly, you know, locked in tight. You know that um, that thing that happens when a harmony is really in sync, where it's you feel the harmony kind of in your bones. You, it, like it, it's like the harmony happens in your skull, right? Well, yeah, it's it's, it's like the bone conduction, yeah, like it just like locks so, in. Yeah, and 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 I can get that from over the air speakers too, but. Boy, um, being able to really hear all the vocalists clearly and and really lock in the harmonies together is just a glorious thing. So, I'm I'm pretty committed to the in ears. I'm not going to back away from them, but there's still I'm, I'm and I'm climbing the learning curve. I would say that it's there's yeah. there's um, there's a lot to learn about how to use them and how to how to make sure um, that what's coming out the front of house is good. And a couple of times at the at the wedding we played um, a couple of weeks ago, I had I had them in and. It, what was happening in the in-ears didn't – it didn't feel like it had the kind of energy that the crowd was responding to. I just sort of had to trust that what was coming out the front of the house was as energetic as the way people were dancing and moving to it. And it obviously yeah. was because they were. But in my ears, it felt very clear but 
kind of sterile, kind of empty. Yeah. The the thing that I it it can sometimes sound small. Yeah. Yeah. Your inner mix can feel small. Yeah. Yeah. That's because, a good way to say it. Yeah. That's that's always been the 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 way I've you know I've explained it to people is that 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 is one of the drawbacks is that you know when your when your ears are completely overwhelmed it feels big. Yeah. But yeah, when you're when yeah, and I want my front of house to feel like that. Sure, but what you're when you're when what you're seeing versus what you're hearing don't line up. It yeah, can feel kind of strange. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so and it's funny know, that you mentioned that. Yeah. You know the whole um, you know what you're what you're feeling versus what you're hearing. Yes. Um, the one of the things that we. <laughs> you know, that we have implemented in recent shows is the, um, the X life card. Right. And we have, you know, for, for most, you know, for most situations we have, uh, we've been able to record full sets or full shows and maybe, or maybe like a partial show or that kind of thing. Um, this is another one of the situations where we lost the generator at the end of the night. So the second set didn't finish because mm-hmm. the power cut to the board, the whole board. So, it, it didn't complete the file. Gotcha. So the second half of the, the show is completely, oh, so you know, you lost, toasted. Lost the whole set. Yeah. yeah so the first set done, it's perfectly fine, but yeah. Um, and speaking about, you know, the incongruity between what you're, what you experience and what actually happens can be kind of sobering. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I have, I played back some of the Fanny Pack Friday stuff, um, and actually, our front of house guy bought a truck, so he has all of our stuff now, and he's about to pick up our PA, and I'm about to just completely just cry tears of joy because I don't have to load the PA anymore. Mm, nice. <laughs> but um, what I heard, you know, just when you're feeding off the energy of the crowd, you're really trying to give them a good performance. But when you're giving, when you're putting on a good show, you're not always you know, giving your best performance musically. So, you know, you're giving a lot of energy off and you're making, you know, stage moves and you're kind of, you know, doing what you're doing. But, you know, without, when you're, when you're just listening, you take that visual component completely out of the equation and you're just hearing it for what it is. And you're like, ah, now the people, again, it, 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 it's a perfect testament of, you know, what people see, versus what they hear, it's kind of an even split. And if you can put on a good show, um, you know, the imperfections kind of fall to the wayside. And, and, and that I feel like that's a great testament because the crowd was, you know, completely on our side and was completely with it from the first drop. Um, so, and, and again, you know, as critical of a listener as I am, you know, I'm, I'm so entrenched in the details. Um, the experience that the the audience had was not anywhere close to you know the critical cringy ear that you know I was experiencing on my end. So so this is interesting. So would you say that your experience of the night, you know, experientially your feel of the night and the feel of the audience, or your um, analysis of the recording? Which would you say is how it really went? Well, I would say the the experience of the the audience is how how it really went. Yeah, me too, me too. And I would say that what you what you hear on the recording is um, sort of the leavings of something that doesn't really say much about what the show really was. Yeah, and and I agree with you well, that that um, 
because uh, you know, listen, I'm I'm a guitar player. I play lead in my band. I am a really really good rhythm player and a kind of mm-hmm. sort of okay lead player. There are lead players right. in my market that blow me out of the water, yeah. and um, and I'm I'm completely okay with that. <laughs> That's not a problem for me. And yeah. the show I put on is not about fireworks that I perform on the guitar at all. Um, sure. Except sometimes rhythmically, but I'm the only one who notices that because rhythm players don't get. <laughs> get yeah, we don't get any love. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think that the, I think it really is the case that technical musical performance might be, might be, I don't know about the smallest, but a fairly small piece of what a band's performance is. Yeah, I mean, so here's my takeaway from the situation. Um, I didn't pull the files up and go, holy crap, this is terrible. Yeah. I pulled the files up and went, this wasn't as tight as it felt on stage. Hmm, Good. Now, granted, what I'm experiencing is my monitor mix, which from a narcissist standpoint is mostly just me. Yeah. And, and... And I felt me was pretty okay, but there was stuff that I missed. And, 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 and again, it's not stuff that you notice until you have, you know, it, it's completely filtered. Yeah. It's filtered through, you know, the lack of any sort of visual cues, but here's the real, here's the real crux of the situation. I have the multi-track recordings of all of these songs and I'm using them for promo purposes. Mm-hmm. And I've, Everything was recorded to a click using modeled amps Mm -hmm. that I have in my laptop. So if it's not tight, guess what? (laughs) You can rerun them. I'm fixing it. Yeah. And that's what it's for. Yeah. But it it was just an interesting exercise in the whole process to go back and go, oh. But again... You know, for me, it's just, it's more a matter of, you know, I'm a, I'm a picky listener regardless. Um, well, especially when it's you, you're listening to. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I am my, I'm not my biggest fan. I am my most vocal critic. None of us ever are. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean that I don't, you know, I can acknowledge that, you know, when things are good and I felt like the night was good, but you know, there were things that could have been better. Sure. But that's the point yeah, of recording every no, single show. You take I, you take good recordings and you take good moments, and then that's what you use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's possible for self criticism to be very. It can be either really healthy or really unhealthy, and I think it's. Um, there are those of us who, um, can take sucking and put it to really good use. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I actually really, I actually really love sucking. It actually really motivates me. And, um, uh, and there are plenty of people and, and I, you know, I get, maybe there's a threshold, you know, I think there've been times that I've sucked so bad. It was like, well, I'm not doing that again. But, um, I think as a, as a performer and as somebody who's committed to elevating ourselves and honing our craft and, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. listening to this podcast is in this boat, you, you want to get really, um, you want to get a good, useful relationship with sucking. Yeah. Because if your relationship with sucking is not healthy or not productive, then just, I, I don't know, maybe don't even bother recording yourself. Um, yeah. But 
it's such a good tool if you can use it to motivate yourself to improve your craft. Yeah, I mean, I, I I bounced that first set from Fanny Pack Friday and sent it to my guys. I don't know who listened to it, but mm-hmm. I did. You know, just to you know, for for those purposes, if you know, if you want to take it upon yourself to listen to it, um, there's definitely stuff to learn for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm gonna I'll, I'll go ahead and shout out another podcast. Um, I'm listening to a, a series called Anatomy of a Marriage. Um, which is actually the former drummer from uh, from Emory, if you remember those guys from the early uh, 2000s. But um, him and his wife do a do a marriage one, and it's just it's interesting stuff, and it's been beneficial to me. Cool. But they were talking this week about something called automatic negative thoughts, mm. ants for mm-hmm. short, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where like you go you in and you two um, by two, hurrah, hurrah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but the idea that you know there are things that you tell yourself automatically, you know, and they're not necessarily true, but they're just things that are like ingrained in your, in your psyche that, you know, you tell yourself that are negative, automatic negative thoughts. And the whole idea of an ant is you squash the ant. So (laughs) get it. You see where I'm going with this? So anytime you catch yourself, you know, with an ant, squash the ant, you know, change the narrative. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's a good practice for anything. Um, you know, I, I, I feel, you know, certain things about my, my musical ability or my band leading ability or, you know, the reputation of the band and all that stuff. And those are things, those are, those are ants that I've got to squash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, it, you know, they'll creep up even in places where I'm, you know, generally really confident. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, uh, if I can't get the band organized for a rehearsal for a show or something, I'm, you know, I'll start to worry about it. I'll start to think about, you know, all the tunes that we, we have cold that are going to be train wrecks and, you know, just none of that's, none of that's productive. I did some, See, mine's even, mine's even worse than that. If like we take two weeks off, I'm like, this band has fallen, has completely fallen apart. This <laughs> show's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, I'm, I am fully prepared for this entire project to collapse it like at the drop of a hat when I need to look back and I'm like this, you know, this train's been running for almost five years at this point. Like you, we we're good. You know, it's going to continue as long as we want it to continue. But I like, there's still this part of me that's just like, this thing is just bound. Like I'm just waiting for this implosion moment. That's, you know, that's probably, well, that will never happen unless I choose to go, Hey, you know, I think we're good. I think we're done. Let's pack it in. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those, it's the, and again, that's, that's just inherent in musicians in general that we just, you know, our, our self-doubt can, can totally get the best of us well, at times. people probably, I, you know, yeah. we, we're, <laughs> it's heightened for us because we stand up in front of folks and try to do something well, but, um, uh, well, but we're also, we're exchanging, you know, we're exchanging notes for, for claps. We're right. You know, we're pimping ourselves exactly, out pretty hard. Exactly. And, you know, setting ourselves up for judgment constantly and um accept me accept me yeah, really really yeah grade me yeah <laughs> you know yeah exactly exactly you know and so and so like you know as, as i said if you if you can take um you know if you can harness your brain's apparent belief that the whole thing is on the edge of collapse at all times and use that to motivate productive action then that's actually really healthy yeah and if it is instead something that keeps you up nights and that you obsess over and, um, 
you know, focus on at the ex- exclusion of taking productive action, that's not as healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's what Evan Williams and melatonin pills are for. There you go. There you, go. <laughs> you know, I did, I did some work a few years ago, um, uh, participated in a course by a company called Landmark that um, does a weekend course called the Landmark Forum. I'll go ahead and plug it because it's made a huge difference in my life. I did it in 99. And it was all about um, identifying the stories you tell yourself and identifying where your beliefs from the past are in the way of the actions you can take now. It's just a phenomenal thing. If you know, if, if anything that Adam and I are saying are resonating with anybody, um, just look that up, landmarkworldwide.com. I just, I, I'm not being paid to say anything about it, but I recommend it really, really, really strongly. It was a hugely so- beneficial thing for me. Since we're since we're you know we're we're pimping out other podcasts, go. I'm gonna I'm gonna pimp out my my boss's podcast. Cool. Um, so I I work for an organization uh, run by a guy named Andy Stanley, and he has a leadership uh, podcast uh, that's really phenomenal. But he's in the middle of a series that's a, about uh, self leadership, mm. and the whole kind of general starting point from the for his conversation is you know I have been the sole participant in every bad decision I've ever made. Um, and just kind of like, you know, we think about all of the, the stupid mistakes we've made and, you know, it's, we didn't, we didn't just, you know, we weren't this, these things didn't just happen to us. Like we were the masterminds of these things. Right. Right. So he's, he's got this great three part series that he's doing right now about self-leadership. That is super interesting. And if you don't know who Andy Stanley is, um, he's, he, he might be on TV in your market after SNL. He does that from time to time. So cool. But yeah, he's a good, he's a good guy. I like him as a boss. Very good. So very good. I love liking people as a boss. Maybe I'll find a boss to like before too long here. Hey man, fingers crossed. Yep. Listen, I got one last thing I want to talk about. Yep. So, um, we are playing on Friday night, uh, the 13th, Friday the 13th, um, at a place called sawmill two. And it is a little hole-in-the-wall bar. You wouldn't know it was – I mean, every time I say to somebody, come see us at Sawmill 2, I have to explain what else is in the shopping center around it. <laughs> it's nice. one of those. Um, but I have seen some acts in there that I – some people I really, really admire. There's a local band called the Radio Narcs that are deeply inspiring to me. There's a band called the Mighty Fairlanes that are fantastic and have a standing monthly gig in there. Um, I've seen some friends of mine, the Jukebox, uh, Jukebox Revolver, in there. And – the crowd that is in there, it's one of these bars that is such a family. The regulars there are totally family. Uh, you know, and every time I've been in there, it's been the same bunch of people. And they're a little bit older, but boy, are they energetic about the music. And they just really love bands, really appreciative. And it's mostly a tips gig. And I happen to know that bands clean up on tips in that place. Nice. At some point in the night, one of the bartenders walks the tip jar around the room and like hustles for tips from everybody. Um, like that's kind of how the how the venue shows their love for the the players. So I've wanted to play there for a long, long time. And we got this, we got this date a couple of months ago and it's, and it's on Friday. And, um, um, so today not, not having work to go to, I, um, uh, I stopped in there and had a beer and talked to the owner again. I haven't talked to her since the date I was in and, and booked the, the, this date. Um, and it struck me and I just wanted to point it out to everybody how important it is to, um, maintain relationships with venues, but also to sort of um, to pregame those relationships before your first night at a place. Mm-hmm. Um, because I literally just sat at a table with the owner of the place. We had a drink together and we talked about 
the history of the bar and how they used to be in another building over there. It was really great. They used to have bands out on the patio and it was fantastic. And then, you know, they, uh, whatever it was, they expanded that intersection and they lost that building and had to move here, which is fine. It's been fine. But then they told me about White Sawmill 2. There was a Sawmill 1 that was run by a guy who used to, they all used to work there. And so when they opened the new one, he had died by then. And so they named it Sawmill 2 in his honor. And, you know, I just ended up with like a relationship with this woman that was, um, I didn't walk in there expecting it. I really just walked into like high five and say, looking forward to Friday. Sure. Um, but by the time I was done, you know, she, there are two owners and the one who was in to talk to was not the one who does the bookings, but, Mm -hmm. um, she was really clear by the end of our conversation that she wants us on regular. She's kind of tired of the bands they've had. And, um, she's been excited to hear us. She's seen our name on the schedule and excited to find out about us. And, um, and that just, you know, 20 minutes of showing my face in a place two days before our first show there. Um, that is going to have big payoff down the line. Yeah. I mean, we talk a lot about relational capital in, you know, in, in most things. I mean, it's, it's important, um, to, to build partnerships and in whatever you can do. And I mean, even if it's, if it doesn't feel like partnerships, you know, you walking into their bar, you're, you're a patron then. That's right. You know, even and, and that that counts for something too. So it, it it's all significant, and there's you know it doesn't take a whole lot. So like I mean I guess an, a, another example of that. So the uh, the guy who who came to introduce us is a guy named Southside Steve. He's mm-hmm. been in Atlanta at radio institution for probably twenty years at this point. Yeah. So I saw him pull up, and and my other bands that I have been with have done events with their radio station or for him, like my, my country band convoy played his birthday party a couple of years ago. Nice. Um, and the first thing I did, he, he had a Miller light in his hand and I walked up and I grabbed a, I grabbed one of our koozies and a set of sunglasses. I said, you know, you can't be walking around with a, with a warm beer and I handed him down and I handed him the sunglasses. And he's like, these are immediately going on right now. Hmm. Um, and, yeah. and it's, it's funny because, you know, they had paid for radio spots but I have gotten, you know, I've gotten word from other people that like they won't shut up about us mm. on the radio because, yeah. you know, he's got a radio, he's got a morning show, you know, every single morning on the biggest rock station in the in the city. Yeah, and he has mentioned us multiple times since then. Yeah, he's got four hours of air to fill or something. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, I gave him what f- two dollars worth of swag. Right. You know, I my my. uh you know, my, and, and it's weird because our, our, our website traffic is up. Uh, we've gotten inquiries, our inquiries are up. I mean, it, it, those things are, are quantifiable and measurable. Um, and, and the return of my investment has been pretty significant so far. Yeah. Like we will probably close three, three more gigs. Um, some of them in 2019 this week. Yeah. That's um, great. That are, directly or indirectly related to this one event that we did and this, you know, the, the goodwill that we, you know, were fostering. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all just because you, you were a good partner and you fostered that relationship and you, yep. uh, you know, you, you, um, you know, and, and then you deliver, you get on stage and you deliver. Yep. And, and let's not forget, you, you still have to deliver. That's, that, that is important. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think, you know, we still deal with a lot of guys that are like, I don't understand why, you know, I can't get bigger gigs or I can't do this and I can't do that. It's like, well, you know, there's some of this that's in your control and some of it that isn't. But like, if your band's not good, like, yeah. that's that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, earlier we said, you know, the musical performance is not the biggest part, and I, I stand by that. But there's a there's a floor that you must be above. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know what it is, then you need to find out. Yeah. Yeah, you might not so, be above it. Yep. So you were worried about this being a short episode. This really hasn't been much shorter than what we. I think it's it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, come up. Come up. You know, sometimes we come in. You know, we come in with with a solid game plan, or we have questions that have been submitted uh, to the email account, and you can always email us uh, at coverbandconfidential at gmail dot com. We do answer those. We answer them pretty regularly. and on the on it's funny on the podcast tip uh an, another podcast i listened to that is much more heavily downloaded than ours i uh, was trying to do audience submissions and they got really pissed off cuz one guy got two questions and it was because he was the only person who asked <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah. you know we're not the only ones who who aren't getting you know massive amounts of input but um sometimes we just come in and we just shoot from the hip and and today was one of those days we yep. kind of been talking about it this week a little off and on like hey what are we going to talk about and you know an idea will come up here or come up there yep um, so it's kind of did a grab bag grab bag episode it's a bit of a grab bag but also you know there's there's always good information to glean off of you know your personal experience sure. and stuff that you've you know i mean this is a constantly evolving always learning always changing environment so um, we appreciate everybody continuing to tune in and uh, listen to us rattle on about things. Um, the, only, the, the, the only thing I'm, I'm rattling or that's rattling around in my head right now is uh, trying to justify getting some original artwork done. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you, do you know who Patrick Nagel is? No. Um, do you know the cover of um, Duran Duran's Rio album? Oh, I'm sure I do. I can't it's like, pull it to it's mind, like the but... sexy eighties lady. Yeah, 80s lady it's course. like, it's yeah. like an illustration, like it's drawn. It's like yeah. an illustration. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And you know, those sexy eighties ladies with like the white skin and the black hair. Totally. That's like, yeah. Well, Patrick Nagel is the artist who does that. And I found a guy on Fiverr, found a guy on Fiverr who does that kind of stuff. And I've been back and forth with him. Um, I was like, well, what would you charge for a, you know, for a five person deal as opposed to just individual portraits? And so it's it's hovering around a hundred bucks, and I'm like, mm, do I want to spend hundred bucks on that? Um, I have not decided. But well, I'll tell you, I spent seventy five on um, the design and illustration for my Abe figure, and mm-hmm. um, man, do I feel like that's paid for itself. Yeah, I feel like that was a hugely good investment. And so, I mean, if it if it isn't, then I'm out. You know, about, yeah, like yeah. not hundred bucks. How bad is that? Not too, but. You know, we've turned him into a 10-foot puppet. I actually have a, a sculpy figure of him here on my desk that my wife made. I mean, Abe has been Abe's been around and, and he's on every one of my posters. He's yep. recognizable. He's, you know, doing the job of a brand character. Um so yeah, I feel like I feel like that piece of custom art was well worth it. Good. Good stuff. Well, cool. why don't we cut this right off in 40 minutes? Uh, I think the grab bag is empty. Uh, guys, thanks again for, uh, for your support. Um, if I yelled at you in the cover band central, uh, <laughs> boards this week, I'm sorry. I, uh, I definitely got bent out of shape on a couple of topics. You know, we, we do, we are active, uh, members in, in a bunch of the cover band communities. And, yeah. uh, if you're listening to this podcast and I flamed you, uh, I didn't mean it. You know, sometimes we just, you know, we get rubbed the wrong way. 
uh, I want your band to, su- to succeed and I want you to do well. That's, uh, that's really what we want to do. We want you to want to help you get, f- go further faster more than anything else. Yep. So that'll do it for us this week. Uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. I'm Dan Ray from Greensboro, North Carolina. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 16. Have a good week. <laughs>